Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tim Small Show. I am, of course, your host, Tim Small, and here on the show I have awesome conversations with epic musicians, or should I say epic conversations with awesome musicians, either way. And today my guest on the show is Stanley Sabande, and he is a Zambian-born multi-instrumentalist, singer-songwriter. His composition style is an amalgamation of the melancholic soundscapes of indie and rock, coupled with the simplistic yet catchy melodic compositions of modern alternative pop, serving as a backdrop for a narrative lyricism style that usually touches on the darker elements of the human condition and his journey through that landscape. Stanley, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on, Tim. I absolutely appreciate it. You're welcome. Now, Stanley, I wanted to let the listeners know that the first time I met you, I was walking through the V&A waterfront in Cape Town, and I heard some beautiful music playing in the background, and I thought to myself, wow, where is this music coming from? And I had to walk around the corner, and eventually I spotted you playing some guitar and singing there in the, uh, where exactly was it, outside the food market, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, yeah, it's outside the food market, just right next to the uh, four statues of, of, I guess, the only South Africans who ever, who've ever won a Nobel Prize. I think it's called Nobel Square. That's right. That's the name, Nobel Square. And I was lucky enough to catch just a handful of songs before you wrapped up your set. The weather was great. It was a beautiful sunny day, and I sat there enjoying your music. And I, I hadn't heard of you before, so it was a very exciting moment for you. And while I was watching you play your songs, I noticed that you were wearing a chemical romance t-shirt which of course is a, a band from uh, from the states or should i say my chemical romance <laughs> and uh yeah I, I came up to you afterwards and introduced myself because of course i loved your music but i also wanted to tell you the story of how i had seen my chemical romance live in the states when i went to a, a warp tour once and i remember arriving at the warp tour in scranton in pennsylvania in the year 2005 and the very first band that was performing as I walked into the Vans Warped Tour with my friend was My Chemical Romance. And we sort of looked up and we were like, whoa, look at this. And we'll, we kind of have never forgotten that moment, right? Because it's quite a, quite a bold, exciting moment to experience as you, uh, as you enter your, your uh, very first Vans Warped Tour. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. I actually still think about that story to this day because it stuck with me. I was very surprised to hear that you are the guy that I met because um when when the guys at my label told me told me about the podcast they were like, "Oh yeah, there's this guy Tim. He just reached out to us." And I was like, "Cool." And then you told me that a couple of minutes ago and I was like, oh, "Okay, small world." <laughs> but yeah, that's that's an epic story, dude. Well, let's talk a little bit about your background because you were born in Zambia and you're currently based in South Africa. And you're very into alternative rock music. So you enjoy bands like Linkin Park, My Chemical Romance, etc. So tell us more about your journey and your musical influences. Uh, so my journey with music, as far as me singing and, and all that, kind of started much, much earlier. My sister used to play a lot of boy band music way, way back, like in, in the early 2000s. And I I spent a lot of time with her. So... You know, with time and her playing all of this music, I I would stand with her in the living room and would scream at the top of our lungs together, which was which was really fun. But as time went by and as I got to the age where I could choose the type of music that I listened to, I started veering more towards the rock and metal side. I very distinctly remember when I was, I think I was like nine or 10, 
we had just gotten DSTV at our place and there were these radio channels on DSTV and there was one that was just titled Hard Rock. And I would just flip to that channel and lose my mind jumping around in the living room. And that's sort of where it started with my love for alternative music and it just never stopped. Great. And so you've recently released uh, your debut album called Hopeless Dreams, which was produced by John Shaban at Sit the Folk Down Studio. And of course, that is in Cape Town. So your journey from Zambia to South Africa, that must have been quite an interesting experience for you. Can you tell us more about why you have relocated and you know how things are going for you in Cape Town at the moment? Mm. Yeah, so I decided to leave Zambia in 2018. I think at that point, it had been maybe a year since I started doing music and doing shows live. And the landscape in Zambia just isn't great for the type of music that I was doing because at the time, and still to this day, my own music is is very acoustic guitar based. It's on that side of things. And it just wasn't working very well in Zambia. So I, I decided, I made the realization that I was either going to have to change the type of music that I did to adapt to the environment that I was in or relocate to a different environment that was more conducive for me to thrive and grow as an artist who was trying to do that type of music. So I initially decided to move to the United States and um, I started raising money and I got to a point where I had enough money to be able to move over there. And then I started doing some research about it. And what I found out was it's very cutthroat in the United States. And um, all of the friends that I chatted to who lived there said, hey man, it's cool that you wanna move here and you would do fine, but we advise that you try something that's a little bit more familiar. And at the time I had a, a lot of mates like on Facebook and on Instagram who lived in South Africa. So I just started reaching out to my friends and asking them about venues that I could try to get some gigs and Googling venues and sending like 20, 30 emails a day. And uh, I finally got to the point where I, I had organized a couple of gigs and I said to myself, okay, Stanley, on the 21st of February, you have to be in Cape Town. And so I left Zambia on the 18th of February, I think. I took a bus down to Joburg, stayed with a friend of mine for a couple of days there and then caught a flight to Cape Town and I've been here ever since. Fantastic. Well, it's great to hear that you've got such a great work ethic and that you're essentially putting yourself out there and in many ways, managing yourself, right? Booking gigs and booking plane flights and whatnot. So congratulations on that uh, great work ethic. And uh, I'm sure that it's paid off, right? Because since you've relocated to Cape Town, you've made some great connections like John Shaban and Kevin Ramage at Sit the Folk Down. So tell us more about how the transition from you know Zambia to South Africa has led to this great opportunity to essentially sign with Sit the Folk Down and Just Music to you know release this uh, album of yours hopeless dreams okay cool touching on what you were saying about like me essentially managing myself and and doing all of that stuff when you're a musician that's starting out and i'm sure you you'll agree with this because I'm, I'm sure you've been around a lot of musicians and i think you're a musician yourself as well when you're starting out and you're like a, a budding artist you have to be pretty much everything. You have to be a publicist, a manager, a booking agent, all of that. And when I came down here, Sit the Folk Down was essentially very invested in trying to help artists who sort of had that mindset. And they've also been of that mindset where there's a lot of things that they do 
And wherever it is that they can do it themselves, they do it themselves. And by some, I, I don't know how, but they seem to be very good at doing a lot of things. So that sort of work ethic and mindset sort of made me and sit the folk down gravitate towards each other. It was just very easy for me to work with the guys because they're very transparent and it's just about the work. If you can do the work, they'll give you the work. And if it's good, they'll call you again. And that's what happened. When I came down here, there was a series of gigs that they were doing called The Unknown Legends, and I did a couple of them. And then I went off on tour for like a couple of weeks. And when I came back, I asked them if they wanted somebody to um, do sound for them. And they were like, yeah, sure, man. And so that's how I sort of started working with them. And it just kept on going that way and that way. And I actually lived, I rented a place from Kevin where he used to live in 2020, they had like a, an extra granny flat and I rented it from him and we lived together through all of lockdown. And so when they launched the label, I was one of the people they basically approached and said, hey man, would you like to be signed? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I would, I would love that. And yeah, a year on, the album is out and it's great. And I got the honor and pleasure of working with John, which was very easy and went by very fast. But yeah, it's been a fun journey. Wow, that's a really incredible story. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that Kevin helped you out with accommodation. I'm sure you probably wrote some good songs during that time, hanging out with him as an inspiration. But uh, <laughs> yeah, John Shaban, I'm not quite sure actually how to pronounce his surname. I suppose some might say Shaban and some might say Shaban. How do you pronounce it? I pronounce it Shaban. In fact, I rarely pronounce it because I try not to say it because I don't know how to pronounce it either. <laughs> Well, tell us what it was like working with John Shaban at Sit the Folk Down Studio, because of course, John plays in his own band called The Shabs, and I remember seeing him live many years ago in one of his very first musical projects called Forgotten Superhero. So we're really going back now uh, quite far in, in time. So so tell me more about what it was like working with him as a producer, I guess, uh, on, on your debut album. So working with John, is it, it was very interesting because... Um, the moment that we hit the studio, and I don't know if this is just what his approach is with working with artists or if it's because we were on a bit of a time crunch, but the moment we hit the studio, we just churned out song after song after song. We did one song, tracked guitars, and he's like, okay, cool, 10 minute break, we're doing the next one. The first day that we were in studio working on this album, we recorded three out of the 11 songs that are on the album completely which was very interesting. So he's um he's very, very, very driven. And that's a great thing because if, if I was working with a different producer, I don't know if that would have been the case. And I'm definitely not the type of person who will record three songs in a day and have them sound good. So yeah, he's a great producer. He's very good at keeping you motivated and keeping you on task, which is very important to do when you're trying to record an album. Awesome. And you have 12 tracks on this album. So I wanted to kind of highlight one or two of the tracks. So the first one I wanted to speak about was track number five, which is called Mother. And the reason for this is because I just really enjoyed this track. I just felt like it was a really strong song with a great melody and some interesting guitar work. And it just brings the drums in quite nicely as well. In terms of the song as a whole, it really stands out to me as a very... Uh, powerful and enjoyable song. Uh, when I'm driving in my car on my way to work, it's uh, always a highlight for me. So perhaps you can just tell me a little bit more about this track and you know what it's about and how it came together. Okay, well, um, 
mother is is it kind of touches on the slightly dysfunctional relationship that I have with some people in my family, one of them being my mother. And uh, for me, music has has always been something that's therapeutic, something that I can pour my heart out in. As I'm sure you you know, it's very difficult for musicians to be in spaces that are good for them mentally. And also all of us are broke, so we can't really afford therapy. So writing songs helps, and, and that's sort of where the song came from because the last three years has been uh, quite rocky when it comes to my relationship with my mother. And so I, I decided to Taylor Swift it and write a song about it. Okay, interesting. And the next track I wanted to speak about was track number 12, because this is, I believe, one of your favorite tracks on the album, if not your favorite track. And it's written in the Bemba language, which I believe you grew up speaking in Zambia. So I'm going to try and pronounce it myself, and you can let me know if I'm on track. But uh, the title of the track is uh, Wolaba Ukupema. Close. Very close. Very, very close. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> you, you pronounce it for us and tell us more about it. Okay, uh, so it's called Wilaba Ukupema. So yeah, you were like... 90% there, dude, which is which is really cool because very few people can pronounce it. Anyway, one of the reasons that I really, really love this song is because obviously I grew up speaking Bemba and I started writing songs around 2012, 2013. And for years and years and years, I've been trying to write a song in Bemba and I just was never able to do it ever. And um, it's something that kind of bothered me a lot because, you know, I felt like it was something that I was supposed to be able to do. But at some point I gave up and I just, you know, put it in the back of my head. But last year, in the throes of lockdown, I was sitting in my room as I usually would, noodling around with guitar. And uh, for me, my songwriting process is very, it's sort of structured. So I start with melody and then I, I attach lyrics to it. So I came up with a melody that I thought was interesting and I started messing around with a few phrases and then two hours flew by. And by the time I was finished, I was like, I just wrote a song in Bemba and it doesn't suck. So I'm very, very proud of it. And also it sort of talks about, you know, when things get really hard and you're trying to ground yourself, well, you need to ground yourself when things are really hard, because if you don't have a level head in difficulty and adversity, it's highly unlikely that you're going to survive that difficulty and adversity. And um, that's sort of what it talks about, because we love means don't forget to breathe. And um, yeah, that's the basic gist of the song. Wonderful. And I believe you had a really fantastic launch for your album at the Armchair Theatre in Observatory, which is a uh, a legendary venue in Cape Town. It's been going for many, many years. And on your Instagram, the listeners can go and have a look at uh, some pictures from the, the launch where you essentially set the stage up as if it was your bedroom, which is, I believe, where you wrote most of your songs. So tell us more about what the launch of the record was like at the Armchair Theatre. Yeah, the launch was, was really, really awesome because the way we set it up is um, we just went to the armchair, we approached them with this concept and they were like, cool guys, you can you can come in and do it. And uh, we had this whole idea and thank God for Kevin existing because if he wasn't there to help me put everything together, it wouldn't have been anywhere close to what it was. So yeah, if you're listening to this, Kevin, thank you. I love you. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, really cool because when when the launch started, the place was basically packed. I, I had invited a couple of people and they actually had to be turned away, which I never thought was ever going to be a thing with any show that I did. So 
yeah, it was a very, very awesome experience. Kind of trippy, but awesome still. I have to admit there's a part of me that's kind of still processing it. But yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, my mind was blown. I came back home that night, had a bit of a cry because it's good to have a bit of a cry when you achieve things. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just have to ask this question, but did you sign any of your albums? Did you get to give some autographs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, I did. The biggest problem with that is that I didn't have a Koki, like a good one. So all of my signatures were absolute shit, but I did get to sign a few albums, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it's something you think to yourself when you're going to bed at night, but it's, it's like when you're actually doing, it's like, wow, okay, am I famous now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you, you pick up these little things on the road, right? So in South Africa, we refer to those pens as Cokies. But when I was in the States, I noticed that they call them Sharpies, right? That's the name of the pen in the States. So when you go to a show and you want someone to sign a record, you're like, hey, man, can you sign this record? And they're like, sure, but where's a Sharpie? <laughs> yeah, and I have a Sharpie, man. <laughs> yeah, so the Sharpie is gold because let's say you're at a My Chemical Romance gig and you want uh, the guys to sign you know, your record and they can't find a Sharpie. It's like, no! <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're not getting that autograph from Gerard Way. <laughs> exactly. So I think if I'm not mistaken, I actually started planning ahead and I'd bring my own Sharpie to shows, right? So that like they didn't have to like struggle to find one. So yeah, yeah, you, you can definitely invest in a bag of Sharpies or as we say in Africa, Cokies. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Pro tip to anyone that's listening and wants to have their album signed by an artist. Bring your own Sharpie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm glad to hear that you had such an epic time at the armchair. And it just sounds like things are going really well for you. So I'm, I'm sure you're considering, you know, doing another album and writing some more songs. But I guess for now, you're still going to be promoting Hopeless Dreams. It's still early days for this record. So tell us more about what you're doing from a promotional point of view. I know that you're uh, very active on YouTube, uh, of course, you know, doing covers and whatnot. But recently, you've been uh, experimenting with some really interesting videos, right? Mm. Yes, I have. So what I've been trying to do is take the promotional aspect of it on the social media side and try to make as much content with the music that's on the album as possible. And so um, the concept that you mentioned that I've been exploring is basically doing a couple of videos where I'm playing every instrument and reimagining the songs. And I'm actually going to be uh, putting out a variation of Wilawok Pema on Tuesday, which is tomorrow as of recording this video. It's fun to explore those concepts. I mean, that's pretty much the only thing I can do right now because I kind of don't want to work with a band and I still want to see these songs sort of fleshed out in different ways. So that's sort of the direction that I'm taking it. But yeah, that's basically where I am with promotional content. And I'm also, I've been messing around with some concepts for like official music videos for some of the songs on the album. I can't say too much about that. But yeah, that's basically where we are right now as far as promotion goes. I wanted to ask you if you're looking forward to perhaps sharing the stage with any artists in South Africa that you're a big fan of or artists that you'd like to tour with. Tell me more about what you're hoping to uh, do in the future in terms of collaboration or touring or recording or performing with other South African artists in this case. 
Well, with regards to performing with South African artists, there's one that I would really like to share the stage with, and that's Matthew Mo, because Matthew Mo was sort of my introduction into the music scene in South Africa that I'm currently in, which is acoustic-based stuff. I remember back in 2013, I was just trying to consume as much music as I possibly could. And so I was watching all of the music channels on TV and all of that. And there was this, I don't know what program it was, but it was on MTV and I clicked on it. And there was this guy, he was doing this acoustic session and he was playing and it's a song called Take Yours and I'll Take Mine. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I saw that and I really, really loved it. And I immediately learned how to play that song and cover it. And I've been playing it ever since like 2013. And then I came down here. I had absolutely no idea how huge Matthew Moore was here. And I came down here and, you know, I met people and they were asking me what type of music I was into. And I was going on and on about how I really loved this guy called Matthew Moore. He was a small artist and everybody kept on giving me weird looks. They were like, what are you talking about? So yeah, since then I've, I've always wanted to share the stage with Matthew Moore because as far as South African music goes, he's a huge influence. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. So I guess I'll have to tell you an interesting story that uh, I'm sure you will enjoy. But ultimately what happened was Matthew, he put out this EP in 2011 called You Did Well, Kid, which was his first official EP. So I don't know if you've actually heard it before. If you haven't, you should try and track it down. Back in the day at that time, I was very passionate about promoting artists on this website called Last FM. I think it's still around, but it's an amazing website, like a database of artists. So I'd really make a lot of effort to take all the local artists and put them on there. So I remember actually taking Matthew's EP, You Did Well, Kid, and putting it on there. And um, yeah, I was just you know, really excited to to hear his music. And then, of course, he had a great break through opportunity when he won the uh, Get Out of the Garage competition from Converse in 2012. And so it was really exciting to see him uh, sort of uh, skyrocket to uh, success, if you will, <laughs> through that competition. But, you know, obviously, from my point of view, it's always really exciting to see someone go from essentially relative you know, obscurity to uh, to success. And of course, he's very talented and he's, he's worked very hard and I really do enjoy his music. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I just remember that very first independent EP of his and, uh, you know, sort of promoting it on the scene and then seeing his, his growth from there. So I don't know, I, I thought you would uh, enjoy that story. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool story, dude. I mean, like coming down to Cape Town, looking at the scale of Cape Town compared to where I come from, when I arrived here, I was like, this place is huge. I bet nobody from this side of town knows the people from that side of town. And then I hung out here for like three months and I was like, wow, everybody knows everybody. And so what it's taught me since I came down here is the importance of having community and, and having people who know you and having people who are willing to, to push you. Because the way the music scene is here, the way I see it anyway, is there's a bunch of people who are very good at doing different things and they recognize that and they're willing to help other people who are good at doing other things. And um, yeah, it makes opportunities like the one that Matthew Moore got really cool because even if he didn't win that get out of the garage thing, I'm pretty sure you and a bunch of other people who are passionate about performing people on the scene would have still, you know, kept on pushing it and all that stuff. And that's, that's a really, really awesome thing to have, you know? Yeah, and I think... I'm also kind of in that headspace right now because I think that music is something for everyone, right? Whether you're 
writing songs or playing covers or you know running a youtube channel or you're a big fan of music or you're writing articles or maybe you're producing music you know you're a mix engineer or a live sound engineer or maybe you're mastering albums like tim lengfeld who mastered hopeless dreams <laughs> as i say even if you're just a fan and you like to listen to music on the my city bus I think it's just great to be a part of that community, right? It's great to be a part of the movement of music because we all share the same common interest and the same passion. And I mean, I've got my podcast going and that's my way of contributing, right, to the community. And so everybody can bring something. Some folks are great photographers. I mean, there's so many ways to contribute. And so I think we do have a really special scene uh, in South Africa, and especially now with the internet, with uh, opportunities like podcasts and YouTube and Spotify and all these wonderful things, which we never really had 20 years ago. It's really opened up things for musicians so someone like matthew mole i believe he actually had the first number one album on itunes in south africa when they launched itunes in south africa so yeah i'm really proud of him and i i think he's paved the way for many other artists going forward but i mean you must be very excited to be in south africa where there is a lot of opportunity for musicians right uh yes yes i definitely am i mean south africa isn't it's not like the perfect place to be as a musician, but there is still a lot of opportunity if you know where to find it and if you know who to associate with. And um, I don't know what to attribute it to. For me, I guess it's work ethic and luck, I guess. But I've managed to meet the right people who've put me in a very, very good place because for me right now, it's very possible for me to grow as an artist and go as, as far as I possibly can, from my end anyway, and just explore as many different things as I can because I've got a team behind me who's very supportive and who have given me the leeway to explore my creativity. So yeah, South Africa is a great place to be as a musician and as a creative, especially Cape Town, because being in Cape Town, not only because of the various scenes that exist within the art space, also just looking at the landscape, like you can go to the beach and then go for a hike and then go and hang out in a forest. This is the absolute perfect place to be as a creative. Absolutely. Well, Stanley, we're very happy to have you in Cape Town and I'm stoked to have you on my show today to talk about your debut album. And I certainly wish you all the best in your career and I'm, I'm looking forward to catching you live on stage soon and you know having a drink together and uh yeah just hanging out and having a good time but uh yeah i think there's definitely good opportunities on the horizon for you i'm looking forward to hearing more about your next record and the writing process for that because as you know you've got to just keep chipping away over time you know keep writing those songs keep going back into the studio keep growing and being open to new opportunities so uh stanley once again thanks again for joining me today i'm sure the listeners have really enjoyed getting to know you do you have any final words for the fans do i have any final words for the fans listen to my album please buy it actually go to amazon music and buy my album please give me your money i want your money <laughs> well there you go ladies and gentlemen the one and only stanley sabande Check out his brand new album, Hopeless Dreams. It is his debut. It's out now on all platforms, including Spotify, YouTube Music, and so forth. Give it a listen, see what you think, and uh, go check him out across social media. It's a fantastic album, and if you can catch him live, I'm sure he'd, uh, he'd definitely sign one of his records for you with a koki. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hopefully I come back soon. <laughs>